to Church of Pod. My name is Steve, and I'm joined today by two longtime friends, Gary and Paul. The musical theme you just heard is an instrumental titled Living to Listen, and it symbolizes the heart of what we hope this podcast embodies. Since this is our first episode, it's probably good to get started by explaining what compelled us to launch a podcast in the first place. As we all know, there's a great deal of discord in the United States today, and Christians are not immune to the resulting disunity. It begs an important question. Is the church a house divided without remedy, or can believers find their way to common ground? The three of us are from very different backgrounds, experiences, and places, and for several months have been coming together via Zoom to listen to and challenge each other. You may be asking, why the name Church of Pod? Well, that's how we started, since one of the definitions of a pod is a small group of individuals with a shared purpose designed to complete a portion of a larger vision. The pod is not a process, but a way of thinking. One of the things that drew this pod together was a concern we shared as we interacted with longtime church friends that had very different views than we did about many of today's hot-button social issues. Our purpose is not to be a political podcast. There are plenty of those, if that's your area of interest. We're motivated by the reality that people integrate the gospel into their worldview differently. We want to not only understand one another more clearly, but to discover common ground found only in Christ. I'd like to introduce you to my friend Paul, who will share more of the concepts we wrestled with that led to this podcast. Very good. Thanks, Steve. This is Paul. Um, and uh, for those of you that might be listening to us, uh, really, we appreciate it. We'll never be able to look you in the eye and thank you. Uh, but we hope that this, uh, in the time of COVID, this kind of uh, public discourse or public forum is acceptable. It's what we have. Um, so, like Steve said earlier, uh, we're kind of like three travelers, three sojourners. We've been uh no, we've known each other for, gosh, in the neighborhood of 45 years. And in the more recent past, we re- rekindled as a result of, gee, let's reach out to old friends. Um, and as a result of that, when we started talking about the cares of the day, the politics of the day, the concerns of the day, COVID, all these things, um, we are finding even the best of our other old friends uh, it doesn't take long for us to piss each other off. It doesn't take long for us to find out that we're in disharmony. And the first two or three times that happened, you have to just chalk it up to, you know, okay, bad hair day, whatever. Uh, now we think that there's something even more uh, severe that's in the public forum. Uh, the, the ability to reason together has lost almost all uh, all preference for each other, preference for each side, willing to learn from each other. And we genuinely, I mean, when we first started about a few months ago, we were going at it too. And then we were realizing that, gee, it's in the airwaves with us too. And we want to tone it down. We want to, uh, even though we're being aggressive here, we want to be as humble as we can be in providing a forum for people to listen to us, for people to react to us. Uh, and uh, we actually were thinking of how would we document our approach? Well, I'm reading. Uh, we want to approach many topics that currently fill the public square, such as racism, capitalism, patriotism. They all need to be aired out as best we can. But our hope is to identify how we can approach them in a more excellent way. We do not want to destroy each other through dialogue. Just embracing what the left says or what the right says is not the answer. So we're going to be reminding ourselves of this and trying to get back to core beliefs. And humility is one of the the strongest weapons we can have towards embracing falsehood or to fighting falsehood. Uh, if we can genuinely listen to each other and prefer the speaker, actually, that's a hard attitude. It's not an intellectual attitude. It's a hard attitude. If we can uh, embrace what the other side is saying, the other person is saying, to to further the cause for a common good, that is what we're after. So our ground rules, if you're interested in interacting with us, uh, it cannot be with the intent of winning points. Uh, we don't, it's, it's less 
about the points and the right and wrong. It's more about the journey for the moment. At a later date, when we have the skill mix to get on a journey together and get somewhere, then we can we can try and identify true north in a more excellent way. But until we're there, let's just concentrate on ground rules, integrity and respect. Speak the truth, but do it in a way that can be respectful. In the Christian world, it would be, say, uh, with love. And we will be doing our, our best to adhere to our own rules. And admittedly, we don't have all the answers, and we're willing to learn from others. And that's why we're hoping for your participation. We look forward to hearing from you, and we hope to encourage one another to, as the scripture has it, love and good deeds. As James has it, we want our faith to be seen by our works and not merely just by us hearing. You don't have to be a believer. Uh, The three of us are pretty intellectually solvent. Uh, Not that we, um, you know, we have at least two Ivy Leaguers here. We did our part. We've been on, we've gotten on the bus called The Spiritual Journey. And at first, when you get on a bus, uh, you may be kicking the tires. You may make sure that driver's sober. There's things that you do. But then at some point, you just get on the bus because you trust it's the right bus. We've, we've made that, that uh, transition to we know we're on the bus that we belong on. And that's a spiritual bus. And I hope uh, you won't uh, think that because we have a firm belief that we're somehow intellectually uh, not hitting it. Uh, I'd challenge anybody to be able to talk with me one-on-one. So uh, thanks so much for the intro, Steve, and over to you. Well, so we've got Paul. We've heard from Paul, and uh, I'm Steve. And I'd just like to, uh, and now Paul is from upstate New York, and I lived there for a long time. In fact, we all were in upstate New York uh, when we first met one another uh, 45 years ago. But the... um, the life's journey has taken us different places. I now live in Kentucky and uh, have been here for 12 years. And so I've got a little different taste, uh, uh, a bit of the South, because we're not far from West Virginia, where we are in Lexington. Paul's still living in upstate New York. But our our third member, our third partner in this uh, in this journey that we've undertaken together over the last several months uh, is from Texas, and his name is Gary. Gary, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Yes, I'm uh, I'm North Central Texas, and I suppose I'm supposed to brag about how big Texas is right about this point. But um, anyway, I had my time at uh, in upstate New York uh, in the about I was there for about seven or eight years, and um, have been back here in Texas. Uh, the since I left there, um, it was great through the uh, as Steve mentioned earlier through this period of COVID and finding ourselves in a Zoom world. Uh, somehow we crossed paths and um, through a couple of comments in Facebook, and then it was like, hey, maybe we could get together for a Zoom meeting and see each other, and that took that took off and. Um, all of us in this journey, as Paul says, we've been on a, a spiritual journey uh, by choice. Um, it was it was great coming back together after so many years to find uh, the things that were still common in our heart. It was there was it was easy to connect in so many ways. We did we did have different opinions about things and. Um, and Steve's real good at keeping us honest. So here, so here we are. We're hoping uh, in doing this, um, other men and women will be welcome to bring their opinion, their question, their argument, if you will, uh, to this forum because we're looking for ways to go forward uh, seeing something terrible happening in our society where we're wanting to stop uh, speaking with one another in a cordial way. Uh, we want to we wanna find ways to and get tools to help us stop being uh, ugly to one another. Um, so welcome aboard. Come on. So normally on a Monday night, and this typically is the night that we uh, get together, 
we'll just start kicking around, you know, life, what's happening, maybe some things that we have uh, uh, still have written on Facebook that week and uh, and how it was received. Uh, and although we try to stop ourselves from writing in that forum, it seems like it's, uh, for me, I'll just speak for myself, it's habitual, I'll do well for a while, and then I'll see something that I really care about and toss it out there. And But in all honesty, I find that the things that I post about, if I were to put a sunset or uh, or uh, uh, something that uh, my wife and I have seen uh, in our travels or something about my family, I'm going to get many more comments, likes, and uh, interested people than I will if it's highly political. And that tells you something about what we really want as people. I think most of us, and, and maybe not just because of the forum being Facebook, uh, Twitter tends to be more political. But one of the things we want to make sure uh, in this podcast, uh, Church of Pod should be not should be non-political. You know, I, I can remember being with hundreds of people uh, in a little dairy barn in upstate New York, people that just uh, love Jesus. And I never really thought, and again, I was 19, 20 years old and maybe a bit naive, but it never even occurred to me what somebody's politics were. I knew that we had different backgrounds. I, I, I knew people from, you know, that had been in New York City and had grown up in different places. I grew up in a little town outside of the state capital of Albany, but I really felt that there was a, um, there was a time, uh, that was a time when, our our what we had in common and what we were excited about transcended anything that was temporal and to me politics is temporal politics is, can grab hold of me you get into a political discussion with me and i'm like a, a dog going after a bone i'm i can get mean and and i really don't like that about myself but it's true and I, that's part of the truth that we've had to come to and it was one of the things that we realized as uh, we found that people that were uh, longtime friends were um, uh, unfriending each other, not just blocking one another in the feed, but were unfriending each other. We're saying, hey, I don't I don't want to see anything about you anymore uh, because it's so dis- discouraging uh, what you feel about what's happening in our world. Uh, and I think. Rather than disappoint one another, we realize there's an awful lot we can come together around. And so that's, that's really where we want to focus. As Paul uh, said very clearly, we want to focus about what, what we have in common on this journey, regardless of where we think we fall right or left. And I, I have a feeling that if things got really tough um, in the United States, the right-left would become a lot less important than it is right now. And we need to prepare for that. Uh, and and I think that it's displeasing to God that we can't find not only common ground, but be largely focusing our lives around the things that we really do see and resonate with in one another. And as Paul said, uh, have it, it's, at one point it was about Christ. It was about following him. It was about the journey that we had and ultimately humility. And perhaps that's what's been lost as we've allowed ourselves to be stirred up. Uh, it doesn't mean we don't passionately feel strongly about what's happening in our world, but we need to pause to 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 see ultimately what is the most important thing you know even jesus didn't do a lot of spend a lot of time commenting on the roman empire now read through the new testament he really it's not that there wasn't some horrible things happening but but rather he spent his time saying to the church and to the leaders of the church um that judgment would start there and really calling out the church's hypocrisy. So, you know, maybe that's something that we've been struck with as well, and and I believe we have as we've talked with one another. So, all right, we've all got, done a little bit of an introduction, and uh, let's just get into kind of a normal time uh, together, and we're going to share that with you. 
and if you'll come with us, uh, it'll be fun. We'll be in a few weeks uh, along the way or a few podcasts. We'll add some guests that'll bring in uh, even more diverse perspectives than what we hold. And uh, we're hoping for that. That's part of why we decided to put this in podcast form and and send it beyond the walls of just uh, the three of us. So what do you got? What's uh, What's been... Uh, well, I like that. I like I like that. I'm glad we we started out even a couple of weeks ago when we were sending some things back and forth about format and we that came up about ground rules and um that's something I need uh, that just knowing that there's rules when you're in a in a in a group that there's 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 a discipline to stay within what the rules what the rules have have been have, were stated and what kind of boundaries we were going to stay inside of and um you know that's gotten way out of hand um facebook uh which is the place where i did mo- most of all my um social commenting it's really the only uh, platform i'm on um I found myself um, in the very beginning <laughs> overreacting to people. Uh, by overreacting, meaning I would say something back, um, a quip that was a dig and not kind. And, and um, to uh, so that's really one of the um, one of the rules that I work with. And I'll write something out now, and I don't hit send as soon as I finish it every time, because sometimes I, even as I'm writing, I realize I'm I, sarcasm and using sarcasm to make a point um, usually just makes an enemy. So um, I've uh, I've really found the idea of having rules for myself in the writing changed made a big difference on my outlook towards something that was said that I'm that's offensive to me or or silly to me instead of coming back and trying to show some, someone they were silly um that I wanted to make contact with the people and and actually have an exchange and um so I love the idea of of uh rules that, that we put between ourselves and and hopefully we're going to build this with others too well you know gary you're right it probably was even an unspoken set of rules that we you know we would uh, um prefer one another you know that was something that we tried to do back in the, in the day uh and i think some of that i know that that uh when i look at my personality type the people that have known me a long time would probably say it's fairly affable. Uh, Paul would not say that because he and I have gone at it more times than not. Uh, I'm, I'm more Donald Trump than I am mother Teresa. Let's put it that way. And, uh, to me to win when I get into an argument is, um, becomes important and more important than what the person who I'm, uh, interacting with, uh, might feel about things and i've had to temper things with our own kids uh in that go ahead yeah sorry to interrupt um no you're not it's kind of like you know we we have so many uh data points that we could bring up and just say what's in keeping with our walk in the lord and what is not in keeping and uh so uh you once said to me uh, more recently actually that uh that my skill mix is more a conceptual guy I see things conceptually rather than how there are, there are other ways to look at things, details and sequential mm-hmm. and all sorts of things. And I tend to try and take the whole picture in and conceptualize things. And, and then I try and uh, boil it down to one line or one, one set of thoughts. And, uh, you know, I, I shared with you guys a couple of weeks ago, a quote by Jim Elliott. Uh, he was uh, martyred in South America, uh, he uh, there was a book a biography on him written by his wife and and it was called the tip of the spear mm. and the quote 
that he is well known for is this. He is no fool who gives that which he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And if you think about our arguments back and forth, and, you know, we have names uh, we can say are on the, quote, other side of a discussion. And, and, you know, do you really want to ratchet it up and win the day? I mean, what do you get out of that? And and, um, so, you know, it didn't take long for the three of us to kind of start realizing there's nothing there. You know, so what what if you win a discussion point? You know, an hour later you get, you know, creamed by another direction. (laughs) There's nothing there. So, uh, again, staying at a conceptual level, one of my favorite authors is C.S. Lewis. And, again, something I shared with you guys before we started. Yeah, this um, is really good. You know, this this endeavor. And um, he wrote a book called Present Concerns. And he said there's three types of people in the world. And I'm, you know, using my language to reflect the first two. Uh, The first class of people is they're just in it for themselves. So use any resources that the world offers them and use it to their own advantage. There's no moral um, direction, guidance, uh, commitment on their part to the use of uh, their lives, the people in their lives or the resources around in their lives. The second type is this kind of, you know, the good, the do-gooder. He he has some limited understanding of, yeah, yeah, there's a God up there. I got to follow the rules. And, you know, I want to, you know, yeah, give them to God what's his, but I want to keep mine, you know. So he kind of, the way C.S. Lewis had it, um, that he's kind of like the soldier that when he's on duty, he's all spit and polished. And then when he's off duty, he's going to do what he darn well pleases. And, you know, and that is a person that's kind of adhering to some form of godliness, but totally denying uh, the power. The third one, this I do want to read. This is from C.S. Lewis. The third class is of those who can say, like St. Paul, that for them to live as Christ, these people have got rid of the tiresome business of adjusting the rival claims of self and God. You know, that ongoing wrestling between myself and God. And they reject the ridiculous claims of self altogether. The old egoist will have, has been turned around, reconditioned and made into a new thing. The will of God no longer limits theirs because it is theirs. The will of God no longer limits their will because their will is really God's will now. Hmm. All their time Hmm. is belonging to him, belongs also to them, for they are his entirely. And if we govern ourselves in that light and we don't waste our time tit for tat, winning the point, uh, hidden agendas, blah, blah, but really just say, Lord, what are you doing in our lives and what are you doing in the lives around us? Uh, it's still a remarkably tough task to do that with integrity. Uh, we've all seen yeah. people that are falsely doing that. You know, they look good, but what's really under the hood? Um, and instead, we really want to go all the way. And in today's environment, I mean, Steve and I, we have our daughters, they're best friends. And, uh, you know, we we know what it's like to work with the next generation and we have wonderful kids. They, they're, you know, they're unbelievably good kids. Uh, and I don't mean straight and narrow, never, never got their shoes dirty. I don't mean that kind of good. I mean, solid people, good thinkers, people that care, people that care for other people, mm-hmm. dogs, cats, what's yeah. going on in the world, global warming, pick one. These are good people. Uh, and all of those things on that list have, you know, I have different responses to all of those. Uh, but how is it that when you, your own children can't hear you exactly the way you want to be heard and we can't hear them exactly the way they want to be heard? They are remarkably good. They're doing their best to communicate. We are too. What's in the air? What's right. going on? Right. What's going on? And um, there are a lot of new theories. Uh, there's a TED Talk on 
Um, you know, the introduction of technology is we're so out driving our headlights on that front. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like the people that created the technology are bad people. They just no longer can control it. It's beyond it's beyond their ability. Well, it's they like, have no idea yeah. what the what the uh, algorithms are doing in the back room. They really don't. And it's not me talking. I've heard that from experts. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm concerned on that front. I think we all should be, but it has to start with what's what's the strongest part of us. Then it's our civility, our humanity, our humility. And you don't have to be a Christian to exercise that. Yeah, that's um, right. You just don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've heard that said, Paul, in the area of medical ethics. I mean, we're yeah. not only with AI, but with uh, what's happening with gene uh, uh, gene technology. It's well beyond where medical ethics is lagging behind where the technology is driving us. So um, and in our case, I think some of it, the forces that would have us be at odds with one another on, on the full spectrum of, of beliefs, those people that would be best served by disruption uh, are appealing to our most base uh tendencies it's not even something high and lofty and and high tech it's just our our base need for as as i get older for stability and to be right (laughs) because that's what a stable life is is you know to to feel like you've put in a few decades to have some sense of things and wondering how the heck people that have put in the same amount of time can be so wrong. And so, you know, it's, (laughs) and so, but isn't for me, that's where it started because I was aghast at how wrong people were. And now I realize that what was wrong was that I stood in judgment of them because it didn't Mm -hmm. give much time to listen. You know, uh, uh, I'll read it at another time, but a young guy, I say young because he's only in his forties, um, but a young guy that, that, that we've known for a, uh, many years, James was writing about a Hebrew model where, you know, part of, you know, part of the, uh, the understanding of things was more about, we'll, we'll say social justice. And then the other side of, of the, of the coin was more about business and, and capitalism. And, and, and that isn't, and maybe that's a, a very narrow way to talk about Republican Democrat. But the whole purpose is not to talk about right and left. Um, there's plenty of blame to go around for everyone. And I think that's the point, is that we've lost sight of what it is to have unity and diversity of thought. And and how do we have diversity of thought when those things that are very basic in us are getting stirred up so that we must be right? And, you know, it's not only you know, who's barking at us on the radio. It's not because we're getting barked at from both sides. Again, plenty of blame to go around. And then it's the pride speak for myself that I carry. um, And my wife will tell you that to be right is sometimes important to me and maybe a little too much. So, and so, uh, amen. Amen, (laughs) I should say amen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. She's, uh, and I used to think I was so easy to get along with. Yeah. Oh, didn't, we, didn't we really think that about ourselves that anyone who was married to us would you know we're, we're easy to get along with um you know no, I, that never crossed my mind your figurative line from <laughs> your figurative line in our lives is uh, how about a little more fire, Scarecrow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, oh. so I, I think mm. uh, that uh, <laughs> I kind of lays in a good base for uh, where our conversations yeah. have been. Um, so, we, you know, we, we don't have to go an hour this time. We can start out short. But I think before we do, um, let's kind of just we're, we're from different parts of the country. And, you know, Gary, I've, you know, you lived in Texas. You were from Texas originally. Is that right? right. When you were uh, originally California, but I call Texas home. I was right. California till I was 10. Okay. 
So I got started. I have a pretty good big foundation out there, but of course I'm a long ways from that now. And so I, I call Texas home. So you're in a rural part of Texas, you would call it? I am. I'm, um, I'm out about um, 20 minutes to the closest gas station. Oh, wow. And, yeah. I'm out in the, out in the Thule's. And uh, although um, there's there's building going on that I wished wasn't happening, but what can you say? <laughs> there's so, the so development the is first coming. Here going, boys. There's nothing out here. We're going. Yeah, we'd like to keep it that way. <laughs> oh shoot! Well, it's this kind of little, the same way here in the bluegrass uh, because little, of the, um, the yeah. Yeah, this little this little spot we're in is called Goat Neck because of the the shape of the river, uh, the way the river runs here, and uh, so this little area has been here and uh, got the uh, there was electricity didn't get here until um, the seventies. Wow! So it, it it's very rural. It's a it's a scrub mesquite ranching kind of topography where i am and uh not uh, not not great for crops it's just hay mm-hmm. there's not really anybody any growing any real crops here except hay and um uh it's a it's a wonderful spot though there's i've got really nice neighbors and pe- people that have been here for three generations uh live next door to me and so they've got quite a history on the land and and um and I was not a rural person but I am now. I was a, I was a city city boy all the way through school and and Where did you uh, live? I I grew up in Fort Worth and okay. which is about an hour from me where I am now. And uh we had I went through um I, my first grade after coming from California was fourth grade, so I was four through twelve, and uh, lived in eight or ten houses during that time. Oh, wow. So I my it was a lot of moving around, and uh, didn't even though it didn't get out too far from the neighborhoods, it was moving here and moving there, and um, renting and. Uh, but I had a. I have such good memories of my uh, school years. I, I had good friends. I was in uh, good schools, you know. And the things that we are all concerned with now in our school system mm-hmm. was non-existent there. You know, it was being at school wasn't much different than being at home in terms of responsibility and respect and the way you spoke to one another, the way you spoke to your teachers. And um, it's it's unfortunate that things that have entered in our to our society. And, you know, I'm one of the people that let that happen. That's why I'm glad to be on this podcast going, you know, that you can't just close the door and say it's my way or the highway, although I've had that attitude sometimes. And, uh, you know, in listening to people and having to have serious issues and problems with the way things were, um, I I was real fortunate. And the teachers that I had uh, were were strict, but were, were respectful. You know, right. I had such a good experience. And um, and I think that effect it was also how I approached my own a child, just one boy, and how he um, he was a good boy all the way through school, and I think he he was in good schools where he had the same experience. This thing that has uh, surfaced has happened seemingly uh, somewhere in the somewhere in the eighties, and you know that was uh, happened under. Everybody's watch. Everybody here, regardless of age, has um, something's entered into our society that caught many, uh, most of us all off uh, off guard. We had reason, you know, we could give a reason to it, but that's too easy—a uh, well, personal so how, reason. How, or 
Yeah, well, how do we how do we do that? Because I know Paul, your your wife is a school teacher. My dad was a teacher. My mom was involved in education, and that was you know when that happens or when we see that happening, and that is one of the things that we talked about that the lack of that lack of respect or regard for one another. Um, you know that, that that's something that really is uh, is it seems like it's foundational to understanding is mutual respect. You know, I could say it started the problem first was the was the parents, not the school. You know, if you say, is it the chicken or the egg? Was mm-hmm. it was it the parents going up there and defending little Johnny when little Johnny should have been paddled or disciplined for something he had done in class and the parents were refusing to let that happen and then they they brought in a lawyer uh right. you know from looking at things from a from a real distance which is not fair to the school and I would be the first to raise my hand and that is how did we take the authority away or why did we take the authority away from allowing discipline in the schools not seeing it first of all did did people that wanted to lessen um accountability believe that the the kids were being held accountable to an unfair degree and they were actually doing it out of honest um um uh, voting, uh, we're going to do this mm-hmm. or not do this. I remember some friends, I had friends that they were reading books, even in, this was the late 60s, talking about how education was wrong and there was not enough of this free free thing that let the kid just kind of find his way in there and and it was and less organization and I don't know if it took a hold, but of course it came out of <clears throat> it came out of a, um, a, a yeah a, a thought a thought uh, of, yeah go ahead Paul yeah let me jump in uh, for those in uh, Podland this may be your witnessing of the first Church of Pod fight <laughs> here goes here we go. You know that stuff we said earlier. Free yeah, that's it. <laughs> no, um, I, you know, I was raised. Uh, my my dad was in the military, and we went all over the country. So, and we, I was born in Massachusetts, went to Texas, and in Massachusetts, the word "yeah" was very acceptable. It's just just lingo. And you, you can imagine the Boston <laughs> accent. Well, our next stop was Lamarck, Texas. And the next door neighbor, the Mayflower truck pulls up. And after niceties with my family, she said, um, would Paul like to come over and play with my Marvin, uh, her son Marvin? And my parents said, oh, that would be great. Thanks so much. She was as nice as they got. Walked in. I met Marvin. And then she said, Paul, would you like a cookie? And I said, yeah. And she grabbed me. She spanked me three times. Wow. And she said, young man, from now on, it's yes, ma'am. Ma'am. And, yes, uh, ma'am. And about, oh, a month later, my family said to me, or I, they, this is one of those stories you get. And I came home and I said to my family, howdy, y'all, I'm a Texan. <laughs> and, and, you know, the transition was complete. Uh, then we went to California and then at Surf City. And you can imagine Beach Boys, blah, blah. Then New York City, where, you know, uh, West Side Story type stuff and then back to Boston. So mm. we've had a trek. I will say, and I really commend uh, most of the public teachers are unbelievable. They are remarkable. And that was not my position 20 years ago. Right now, they walk on water. They are doing their best to uh, manage children that are being raised by children. And mm. how do you fix that mess? You don't do it in one podcast and with one discussion point. Yeah. Uh, we can gab about it, but no, no, no. It's so much deeper. Uh, I I do a 
hope for integrity and respect, but that is an individual thing. I want to jump to something too, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, I um, live in an area where uh, it's almost, you know, very predominantly white and, um, but I have a deep interest in race relations and um, I, I can't, you know, based on my past lives, um, you know, I, my kids kid me or I kid them that whatever they've done, that nah, I, I've got you. I've got you totally covered. I can't throw a stone because I did that long ago, you know, that kind <laughs> of thing. And um, but I went to this race uh, relations. Um, it was a seminar six weeks, once a week. And there was a, a, a I, I better not get too specific, but there was a man who once had a significant position in the education field in South Carolina. He's black. He got another job up in uh, the, our area and he came and then um, he stayed here for a number of years. And so he was an invited guest and an invited speaker at this uh, race relations seminar. And he said something that has astounded me and compels me, it keeps almost keeps me grieving over this subject. Hmm. Um, he said in, in this northern area that I'm in, uh, he said, oh, people, they just, you know, they see an African-American and they go out of their way to say hello and stuff. Uh, and, and yet down in the south, it isn't that way that they go out of their way. But he said there is less racism in South Carolina than there is where we are. Huh. And he said down in South Carolina, we've had decades of realizing it's a heart issue. It's not a head issue. In this neck of the woods up in upstate, um, people are treating it as a head issue. And as long as they make a decision to not act racist, it's almost as if they're wiping their hands saying, oh, I've done my part. Hmm. And they haven't adjusted their heart at all. They've just corrected their action. And until we get the heart issue resolved, then the you know we can be polite, right? But right. we're not dealing with the real issue. That's interesting. And so hmm. I'm I'm very interested in pursuing that at some point. But admittedly, I'm an old fat white guy, and my credibility uh, is almost nil if I were to try and do this without some sort of help. Um, from the African American community. Well, and that's and um, that's why we've talked about several individuals that we're going to invite to come on the prod- podcast because that's yeah. part of understanding is education. And as you, yeah. you were saying correctly, it's not just about a head knowledge; it's about having that move south a bit to uh, to really impact our actions out from the heart. Yeah. And in the yeah. midst of everything that's happening. Over the last six months, especially in our country, although we've had these periods of time before, but maybe not as um, as uh, defined as what we're seeing, especially in some of our larger cities uh, and right here, because we're we're just an hour from Louisville where there's been lots happening. Um, yeah. It makes it difficult to not yeah. take sides again. We're being pressed to take sides rather than being pressed toward understanding. And that is a, a, a dangerous place to be um, because, um, uh, you know, well, that's just a good example of one of the things we're going to be trying to peel the onion on so that we can begin to to understand mm-hmm. better uh, as, as, uh, yeah. as we move along in this process. So. Do you mind if I offer one other thing? Uh, sure. You know, I know there's the three of us in airtime, and we don't know there are rules and regs yet on sharing, but um, I, I am genuinely interested in the pursuit of people that may or may not agree with the Christian endeavor, you know. Um, so you don't have to be a Christian to at least get some of the nuances that, you know, it's better to love somebody than hate them. Uh, you know, there's some adages and some uh, rules of thumb for the Christian community that mm. could tr- translate very easily into other uh, cultures, other uh, belief systems. Uh, but here's one that, you know, if, if you're not a Christian, you know, kind of kind of try and 
help me interpret for the non-Christian what the, this might mean. And this came out of Joshua. And uh, there's a great battle in the Old Testament where the walls of Jericho, uh, the Israeli army marches around the city seven times and the walls fall. Uh, that's the, the um, scenario. Before that happened, the leader of the Israeli army, Joshua, he sees this uh, wonderful armed man standing off in a distance, and he didn't know who he was. So he walked up to him and he said, are you with us or are you with the enemy, meaning Jericho? And the response was, this man said, neither. I'm not for you and I'm not for them. I am the commanding officer of the army of the Lord. And mm. it's not the issue. Right. It's the, it's the, uh, the Lord has his own perspective and yours doesn't mean diddly. On this particular case, he was there to help Joshua, but he wasn't on Joshua's side. He was taking his orders from the Lord. And I think the Christian community really needs to embrace, look, you know, God has his own way. Uh, the mercy giver may look very strangely at the guy that requires justice, um, you know, but that's the same sword, mercy and justice. Mm -hmm. It's one swoop and you both provide mercy and justice. And um, there's there's many other examples of, uh, you know, really uh, the paradigm in all of us. Uh, Steve is to, to a great deal. He's done a marvelous job in past context of being, you know, stand up for righteousness, stand up for the right things. Um, and Gary has done that. and I've done that. Whether or not it's our best suit, I don't know. Um, but I think we need to leave room for each other and understand the context somebody's coming from, their proximity mm -hmm. to it. Like I'm an old fat white guy. I'm not going to have the same take on social injustice for the black community. I need to be educated on that, but not by throwing windows or rocks through my window, let me reason with, let me understand you more thoroughly. Um, you know, and that kind of example of let's help me, help me understand. Um, and that can be done very reasoning. And then we're serving God rather than our, our emotions of the day for both of us, right. for, for both sides. Mm -hmm. So anyway, thanks for allowing that. Well, you had mentioned John. along the way, and I know you've, uh, You've developed this some. You had talked about three words, and you mentioned one of them, but you talked about context, proximity, and perspective. And those are three That's words right. we're, we're going to explore uh, quite a bit. And it's challenged us over the last uh, several weeks as you've shared that. Um, you know, the, the idea is, is we're coming up to an election. And regardless of how the election turns out, uh, there, there will because of the way our society is now, people are going to feel like winners and losers. There's going to be unrest, one way or the other. Now it may look a lot different depending on uh, on what the outcome is, but the bottom line is it it will further drive us apart, and that's really one of the reasons why we want to get our stake in the ground now, because even though we have personal preferences, we should not have a dog in the fight. If we really are people that want to be on the side of the angel and and God's best being the point of it, then we shouldn't be um, fully invested in a winner uh, of a contest because, you know, here we are. How do we even get here? If you really look at what our choices are now, how did this happen? And uh, and so I I I think it's going to be going to be really important. And I'm just looking at a list of the people that we're uh, talking with now about joining us on, on this podcast. It's a really diverse group. There are some people yeah. that have very vocally disagreed with us. So fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> the relationships we've had yeah. for a good long time. In fact, one of the uh, one of the people. Uh, was the first person to teach me about something that Paul was just talking about, and that is things being at tension. If you go into Scripture, one of the things that we lose in our denominational approach to things is it's not faith 
uh, or works, it's faith and works. You know, it's everything in Scripture is at tension with one another because God isn't on one side or the other. He created it all. And, and there's purpose in that. And, and I, for one, need to have eyes that are open to see what he's doing versus, um, you know, whatever news source I want, uh, you know, being validated. Uh, because that is very, a very uh, narrow, two dimensional victory, if you will, and, and really isn't anything that has to do with what God's economy is and what we should be looking for, not only as believers, but just as, you know, right now it's very popular for people to be spiritual. Okay, well, be spiritual with us. You know, we're not asking you to uh, to worship uh, a God that we worship because that has uh, become more defined and changed over the decades for each of us as well. You know, I I think of things very differently uh, on many things that I, now, uh, 40 years later than when I started this journey as an adult. But I will say this, the things that I do, uh, because I, I, know, I know a lot less now than I did when I was 20. But what I do know, I'm more sure <laughs> of. And, there, and it's a yeah. very small list. It's not a That's large well list said. like it once was. Yeah. I knew a lot at 20. I know very little now, but I'm sure of those things. And uh, we got to make sure that the things we're sure of ha- have eternal significance for our family, for our kids, uh, for our grandkids, and uh, and for this earth. You know that we're we're yeah. given. Uh, we're given responsibility for. So lots of different topics will be uh, talked about. Uh, we won't in this uh, podcast give you a way to get in touch with us, uh, we'll, we'll, but we'll do that along the way. If you stay with us, we'll give you an email address. You can write in. You can suggest topics as uh, as part of our uh, uh, our our family of listeners as we're you know our, our fellow journeyers because uh, let's let's go on this journey together you know, let's really take this journey together the three of us have been enjoying that and and we'd like to really invite you to come with us uh, our, yeah. our our purpose will be to get one of these podcasts out to you at least uh, every other week so every two weeks you'll see you'll you'll hear something from us so anything as we uh, as we wind things up for this. For this week, for our initial, our our maiden voyage? No, sir. Gary, we've got you on a, <laughs> I tell you what, we haven't said it all. You're, uh, well, we'll, we're, we're gonna, we'll, we'll get into it. We've been um, kind to one another. We've been trying to be uh, uh, exhibiting things, but I guarantee, uh, especially as guests come in, uh, we'll be, be both challenged and challenging. Uh, because mm. that's the way we need yeah. to be. That's the point. We need to be able to do that and walk away friends. Yep. Yeah. Totally agree. And we're not mm-hmm. a we're not a completed uh, product. We're we're uh, imperfect, but we we know we have a feel for what true north looks like, and we aspire to come about or tack towards uh, true north as best we can. Thank you for joining us for our first Church of Pot episode. We hope this is a good starting point for many challenging discussions to come, especially as we invite guests to join us and share their many experiences and perspectives. If you'd like to get in touch with us, our email address is churchofpod at gmail.com. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.